Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. We have a whole squad that can really hoop and get the job done. We got our way to win. It's simple, simple, simple for us. The first team ever in the 74-year history of the NBA to come back from being down 3-1 twice in the same playoffs. Nuggets down one into Murray. Here we go. Ten seconds. Murray to Jokic. Jokic. What is up, everybody? We're back. It's the Chicken Nuggets. I'm your host, Jenna Garcia. You can follow me and all the work that I do at Vita Viva Diva on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, my co-host Riley Biller is here. What's up, Riley? What's up? What's up? We just talked for like an hour catching up before we could even do this podcast. So um, typically we try to catch up like a little bit before the podcast, I feel like, but we just spent a really long time talking. Because I have to explain to her the difference between the East Coast, oh my West West side of our country, like Denver. Because Jenna has very, she just tried. She just asked me where Charlotte was. Okay, here's and, and, and and Charleston and where and, you are. Okay, I'm just saying. I had to inform this this woman about the east coast a little bit i think she needs some east coast culture in her oh. over. i wouldn't even call charlotte or any of the carolinas east coast like call you guys what you are you are the south okay <laughs> i literally lived on the atlantic ocean i don't know how much more east coast that is <laughs> If you're East Coast, you're New York, and New York is more like Denver than it is like Charlotte. Boss. No. New York is a totally different vibe than Denver. I guarantee it. I know it for a fact. Way liberal, as liberal as Denver, which is the one thing. Oh, no, 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 no. Definitely not. New York has an East Coast vibe to it. Denver does East not. East Coast is liberal. East Coast vibe is liberal. No, no, no. No, 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 no. This is the woman speaking that's San Diego and has lived in Denver. Somebody settle this fucking debate for us. I'm so tired of having it. We literally argue about this like every time we talk. So I can't- okay, here's what you guys. I lived in Denver for two months with Jenna. And I think Jenna just needs to come live in the East Coast for two months. And then maybe she can relate more because I think it'd be more fair instead of a uh, um, a once in a blue moon trip to like Philadelphia for a day. Denver <laughs> because somebody said her pro their pronouns to her or something. Like they, they yelled at me for saying yes, ma'am. Because if I didn't, then you get penalized here in the south. And they said to call them they. Be more inclusive. Uh, uh, good love, love all people. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that. How was I supposed to know to call them they? They're not mad at you that you didn't know if it's the first. They were mad, dude. They were they like, what do you think? I said, yes, ma'am. She's like, you don't say that. You can't assume I'm a ma'am. You got to say they. I'm like, oh my God. 
it really is better manners not to assume that actually. Ooh, interesting argument. Who has better manners? Those who oh. care oh. about, wait, time out, time out. We have some really good questions here. Those who care about being careful and considering others' feelings by asking them their pronouns or those who just say, yes, ma'am. Who has more? I'm going to put this on Twitter. This is a great question. Oh my God, this poll is just not even a debate. The South, the number one thing they're known for is Southern hospitality. And they say, they are, well, they say, I am. And I will say the most polite people may, will it always be genuine? No, because that's the South. But will they always be polite and have the best manners possible? Oh my God. No, they would never not have the best manners ever. Best manners? Is it best manners to say yes, ma'am, or is it best manners to consider somebody else's feelings in a matter and ask their pronouns? There's so many things when it comes to manners. It's, it's how you talk to people. The first thing you say to people, "How's your day going, miss?" or holding the door open, or opening the door for your significant other, things like that. That's manners in the South. Those are the number one things they teach you as a child. Can't say that for Denver. Can't say a door has been open. Saying thank you, please. A door never was open for you. I doubt that. I highly doubt that. Sometimes, but I mean, everyone's helping each other out in the South. In Denver, everyone's just, it's going, it's fast paced. You, you worry about yourself getting point A, point B, da, da, da. In the South, it's, oh yeah, come on in my lane. Go ahead. Or I'll hold the door for you. Let me help you older lady put your groceries in the car these are southern things that i think you need to experience some southern hospitality and then you tell me (laughs) that was so cute how you said that right (laughs) oh man i love our friendship and um i love our (laughs) podcast welcome to the 420 episode everybody um we are celebrating the lovely holiday here in denver but can't say the same for those out there in the wonderful east coast yeah the east coast likes to keep their crops for corn cotton and grains um marijuana is not on the list although i do i will say south carolina has progressed a little bit as in they are putting in a bill to the state Senate to get medical marijuana passed. Um, but uh, yeah, there is no celebrating in this illegal state of ours. But in Denver, I'm sure every, um, what do y'all call them? Um, not weed shops, what are they called? Like, where do you get, I, I forgot. Dispensaries? What are they called? Dispensaries are lighting up on every corner of the street that I saw them on, so. That was not supposed to be shade, guys. I'm just saying that they are on every corner and I'm sure people are lighting it up and blazing, that's all. What's the other thing that's on every other corner? Cause you're right, there are a lot of dispensaries. I would say probably a realistic uh, amount is like every two corners, there's a dispensary. So there are a lot, I know that, but on every other corner, there's a church. I guarantee it. Oh my God. So many- oh my God. This debate is so false because let me tell you, and this has come from a Jew 
raised in the south or on the other other corner there are breweries that is basically denver in a nutshell that's a really good description in fact i think we should quit arguing about it and just let the, the listeners decide and you know that 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 our one all-time favorite listener will respond to this you know who you are all i'm saying is denver is not closed on sundays in the south things are closed on sunday you don't do things sunday because that's god's day and let me tell you don't you bring this up with these southern baptist people because they will cut you to slices and tell you you're going to hell i trust me they've said it to me and I'm, it's the most religious part of the country by far. You think you've seen churches. Wait till I, I take you to Charleston. Charleston's going to show you some cults. Here's my point, though. That right there makes Charleston sound terrible to me. I don't want to go. Charleston is the most historic city in America. Do you know that? Do you feel this way because you live there perhaps? No, no, no. If you ask anyone or you Google search the most historic city in America, it's Charleston, South Carolina. There's so much history, dude. Like history bums like are obsessed with the city, moved to the city because it's just history everywhere. It's one of the first cities in America. It was Charlestown. So I don't know how many history bums you hang out with, but most of our friends, I'm pretty sure, our Nuggets bums, and they're wanting us to talk about the Nuggets by this point. So we should probably get to that, Riley. Uh, tell us what your t- thoughts are on the Nuggets' last few games. I literally am going to take forever to try to get this poll up, not on purpose, but just because multitasking is hard. And so um, their last few games, let's see here. Memphis, that was obviously a really big game, but I want you to start from – last week where we left off since we only got to talk about that Golden State Warriors L and Jamal Murray and we've kind of only focused on that we didn't get to talk about much of the rest of the team the Nuggets since then have won three games pretty good uh, opponents in at least two of the teams Um, the Miami Heat didn't play great good opponent right like I respect the Miami Heat they can uh, win a game on any given night but 10 out of the last 15, like they're looking rough. Well, that's what I was going to say, but not lately. (laughs) And definitely not that night against the Nuggets. Um, The Nuggets get that 123 to 106 win. Pretty awesome, but not only awesome because it's the day after uh, the Jamal Murray or the two days after first game after Jamal Murray goes down. Uh, But now it's also just the first win in a three-game winning streak now. They beat the Houston Rockets. That was one's probably expected, although all of my bets didn't hit. So that was my bets. I shut up. I I actually, Riley just gives me shit because I put low amounts of money on bets. But like, I am frugal with my betting, okay? It's not that big of a need for me. When I win, I'm like, woohoo, 40 bucks. Like, hell yeah. Whatever. It's fine. I'm good with it. I don't need to be betting these like $200 amounts just because I do uh, know the nuggets. But since Jamal's gone down, I have really gone down in my betting streak. It has been rough been really rough i don't think i've even won i think i've like lost i think i'm down 120 dollars right now right so so leave me alone i have problems 
Mm-hmm. We were talking about your problems earlier. We don't need to voice that now, but they did get the win against Houston, okay? That's the point. And they get a big, mega, big-ass win last night. Big-ass win. Nicola. Is it offensive to say Nicola's big-ass won it? I don't th- find that offensive. Like, I feel like I mean it in a, you know, he did everything. I don't, I don't know. I'd be careful. Well, he is seven. If it was KD, I would definitely say don't say it because he'll probably tweet about it because he has more tweets about things than he does points in his career. Who? KD. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> we don't need to have that argument again. My point is, Riley, tell us, tell the people so that I can please put up this poll or I'm going to forget what the first poll was. Um what you thought about these first these last three games like they beat your heat come on yeah no talking about that heat game um this is actually i would say out of the last few games probably one of my favorite wins because a it showed toughness from denver and it showed it on a level that i did not know that they had especially without jamal and that was really impressive to me um, another thing that I found super, super amazing was they shot the three at 47%. And everyone was pretty much involved. I thought Monte came in there and played well. I like how Barton only took eight shots. And um, I don't know, they look like really well put together team. As far as last night uh, against Memphis, Jokic was unbelievable again. And while all this buzz around Steph Curry's incredible play has been going on. I feel like he just like didn't say anything, but went to the court and freaking balled out. And I love that about Jokic. Um, not huge on Fox who's starting. Um, I, I just don't agree with that move. I still think Dozier would have been better in there than Faku. Um, and I really did not like Barton taking uh, what was it like 19 shots yeah I think it was like 19 shots uh yes he had 28 points I know and yes he made he made shots when the Nuggets wanted him to shoot and yes I know he made five of six from three I know these things but I don't think that's what makes the Nuggets elite at any measure I think when Barton is playing okay put in perspective he was minus one on the floor but he had 28 points Normally, if you're a superstar player, you are in the plus range. But he was not because he's not supposed to be the guy doing that. I think when Jamal went down, Barton put his head up and goes, oh, my God. Hey, guys, I'm the, I'm the second option now. No, 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 no. You are not the second option, honey. It is Michael Porter Jr. And then it should have been Aaron Gordon, who only had two points in the game. And only took seven shots. Some of those shots should have gone to Aaron Gordon. This team will be better if Aaron Gordon is more involved offensively. Because we know what he can do on the defensive end. And if we could get him going on the offensive end, I think this team becomes better all around. Um, But, I mean, I'll give the Nuggets as a team and Coach Malone credit for getting through this injury to Jamal and – still fighting and one of my favorite things that Aaron Gordon has come out and said is 
people have been counting the Nuggets out. Now they're not contenders because Jamal is injured for the season. And he said, we're still contenders. And that's the kind of guy I want on my team. And that's the kind of guy I want taking my shots. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, Jokic, to me, is a clear MVP. And I think Michael Porter Jr. Jr. has actually played really well. Like, I've... I feel like he's matured a lot in his game. I've enjoyed watching him. He seems less selfish. He seems like he's a more team-oriented guy. So, I mean, right now I'm 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 sitting pretty good. I mean, how could you not after winning the past three games? Okay, so many things to respond to. So many. You just told me. I mean, no pauses there, right, for me to get in. I know. I I realized I just started going. Okay. Tell me everything. That's all right. I I did. It's kind of my fault because I told you I need a time on Twitter and um, I definitely did not post that, (laughs) post that poll. You guys, if you want to talk about that, you know, we can talk about it, but I don't know if I just want that on my Twitter tonight. You know, I got a lot of shit to do tonight. So like, I can't be dealing with all those notifications. But anyways, because that's a hot topic, I think it would actually be a controversial topic for some people to talk about. So anyways, moving on. Um, well, I don't disagree with you on the fact that you, what you said about Aaron Gordon being more involved in the offense um, is important. I agree. I think you're right. They're a better team if he's involved in the offense. I also think Michael Porter Jr.'s got to be a bigger part. And that, that being said, yeah, he had 21 points after two overtimes last night. Michael Porter Jr. puts up 21 in like two quarters, three quarters. He can hit a lot of shots in a very small amount of time. Sometimes he even has games where he only scores in one quarter, in fact. And I know this because this dude screws me every fucking time I bet on him. I can't, I don't know. I think I, I've cursed this man, honestly. It, it pisses me off too because, and this is my curse, right? It's a very, I've thought deeply about this, okay? I think it's an eternal curse because I keep betting on him and he keeps screwing me every time. Every single game, they, he will have like three double-doubles and then I'm like double-double against the Grizzlies. He should have had a double-double with how many guys were out injured uh, last night. And this man had like four points in the first quarter and was out with fouls, not cutting to the basket, not doing what he does best, not rebounding. I mean, where was he at? I swear, I think I curse him every time I, I, I bet on him because then he has a shitty game, which is also bad for him, right? Like he's not trying to have a shitty game because obviously he wants to be the best he can be. On 17. Yeah. It was a rough, rough bet. Um, Yeah, that was the only bet I took in that game because I was like, you know what? Maybe the Nuggets will blow the the Grizzlies out because they should with how many guys are injured tonight. And I don't really want to, I want to hope and believe that since Nikola Jokic, your MVP candidate who hasn't missed a single game this season, who has the second points in all NBA right now, second most minutes, excuse me, second most minutes um, played. That could be a different story, but hey, he's not far behind there either, let me tell you. But anyways, second most 
minutes and he I wanted him to sit honestly I was like please God let this man get a get a break you know like have them blow him out first quarter okay he's got to come in third quarter but the bench handles their business in the second quarter I can't count on these people they can't do that for me we're going to double overtime against the Grizzlies you got to be kidding me I mean the Grizzlies are like like gonna be good but they have that great man from South Carolina that put up a hell of a game John Morant he did put a great AP put up a great show he's fun to watch I yeah I like the Grizzlies no but um but there's no business the Nuggets have no business going into double overtime against the Grizzlies come on they should have handled business Full, fully healthy obviously with Jamal would have handled business uh, especially the streak they were on but um and then you lose Monte as well so that act that does um does affect this team quite a bit Monte is probably the second best point guard and assist well now that you got Faku you really you really have a good argument there but Monte was before Faku got here Faku might be fancier but Monte's just trustworthy with the ball he doesn't have that many turnovers you know he's you can trust him with the ball and Malone definitely does late in games. So that was a big blow for the Nuggets too, but you're absolutely right about Gordon being more involved in the offense can benefit this team. But what the hell is wrong with Will Barton coming out and getting you a game that can't hurt. It's nice when guys show up out of the random and, and take the load off the big guy. Don't you think? I mean, not that he didn't do his own work last night, 47 points, eight assists, 15 rebounds. Uh, he had like 20 field goals made, I think, last night. It was something crazy like that. Yeah. 20 made field goals last night. That's crazy. He did work. Um, they played great without Jamal. They're still contenders. I think so. But I think they still have a lot of, like, they're kind of getting random games from guys, you know? They're getting games from Will Barton. They're getting games from from Paul Millsap or get good performances from, from different guys. But now it's going to have to really be Michael Porter Jr., big three, without Jamal Murray. And... That's going to be different. Could be good too, but I don't know if, if Mike can get there yet. Not sure. One person who had a big opinion, big, big opinion, was Rachel Nichols. I'm not sure, Riley, if you heard Rachel Nichols' show today or The Jump. Did you get a chance to catch any of that? I did not. Okay. Yeah, I didn't really get to see the whole well here's the thing to be honest with you i was listening to the dan levitard show over but i was watching the jump in the gym while i was working out so i could in my airpods was levitard rachel was on the screen i could see her looking at some of uh that she was like talking about Jokic and stuff so i knew she had talked about him but i didn't really know what she had said i heard it later this evening so I didn't hear the whole show. Oh, she seems to be getting like pretty positive feedback. 
Um, gosh, now she tweeted so much I can't find it. Damn. Okay, here it is. So I'm gonna play it for everybody real quick. We're gonna listen to this. Because you're pretty sure that removing that one more. You know when you're playing that game Jenga and all the easy blocks have already been pulled out? And as you take your next turn, you hold your breath because you're pretty sure that removing that one more piece is going to send the whole thing crashing to the ground. That's what it felt like last week when Jamal Murray went down with a torn ACL. Not only was it just awful for Murray, one of the NBA's brightest young lights, but for the whole Nuggets organization, it was hard not to feel like years of painstaking team building was just collapsing. Here's a group that did everything right, hitting on draft picks, developing talent, hoarding assets, and then deploying them at just the right time for a perfectly additive trade. Denver had all the markings of a legit title contender. And then Murray crumpled to the floor, and, and surely the whole thing was about to come down, right? Except Denver won its first game without Murray in the lineup. And then it's second. And then last night, despite John Morant doing things like this, on his way to yeah, he had 36 points. Despite that the Nuggets were down 12 with less than four to go, Denver kept battling until Jokic tied the score at the free throw line. That sent the game into overtime where the Nuggets trailed again and again fought their way out of it. Then a second overtime where, yeah, whose man is this? Seriously, whose man? Xavier Tillman. Was that you who was supposed to be checking Jokic? Because leaving a man having one of the most prolific scoring seasons in NBA history that open? Yep. That's just crazy disrespectful. And the Joker made the Grizz pay with that buttery three that proved the dagger. The Nuggets went on to notch their third straight win since Jamal went down. And as for Jokic, he would finish with 47 points, 15 rebounds, 8 assists, and with pretty much everyone around him making the case for MVP. Take a listen. As far as an MVP moment, um, I don't know. Life's about a bunch of little moments. And I think uh, Nicola's got around 56 moments this year where he's shown he's the MVP. Indeed, Jokic is the front runner for the award. His offensive numbers will just knock you over. The more advanced analytics make him look even better. His defense has improved from past years, and boy, does he pass the eye test too with moves that at times seem actually made out of silk. The season is not over yet, though, and so there are other candidates, as much as it seems to anger some Denver fans to acknowledge it. As we noted on this show last week, Joel Embiid has not missed so many games. He should be just disqualified from the race. Also, defense matters, and Embiid is unquestionably the best defender of those in the conversation. Giannis, Dame Lillard, Chris Paul, James Harden, they'd also like a word in the larger MVP conversation. Hey, Vivian from Lakers Twitter is still repping for LeBron. Oh, wait, maybe not the most reliable source to trust there but oh my god did you see what steph curry did last night 49 points against the top team in the east which is his fifth 40 point game in april and we're only two-thirds of the way through the month people the man is 33 years old has already won two mvps and yet this may be the best he has ever played and afterward well there was plenty of drum banging for him to be recognized here's magic johnson quote steph curry left no doubt about who is the real mvp tonight and by the way, you can say what you want about Magic's Twitter account. I've said plenty, but he is Magic Johnson with three MVPs himself, three finals MVPs, and five rings. So his opinion, not just that of some rando. As for my opinion, I say it every year. I never pick an MVP until the season is over, and I don't ever campaign for anyone. The discussion is simply just too interesting for that. But I do have an opinion about the Nuggets as a team, especially after these last three games, when it looked like the whole Jenga Tower was about to go down. They are fighters and more structurally sound than it might appear, even if you take away one of their most important building blocks.
structurally tough word, man, to put at the end of your, your show there. They are more structurally sound. Pretty tough. Can you say structurally sound fast? Structurally? No. <laughs> structurally sound. Structurally sound. Structurally. Yeah. Well, what's your thoughts on that? I struggled there. Um, well, I honestly can't tell if she's hating on the Nuggets or, or happy for the Nuggets or hating on Jokic or a, a pro Jokic. I can't tell. Jenna. Jenna. This woman gets paid $1.5 million annually. $10 million net worth. I am a Rachel Nichols fan. I think she's Last year. a great sports analysis that knows what she's talking about. And I also think she was giving a lot of credit to the Nuggets. And there was no side hate. There was no Jokic hate and nothing like that. It sounded like straight praise to me. And it sounded like she was giving him credit for the fight and the dog that they had, even though this happened. I meant it more like I felt like she gave a very unbiased intro to the show. I thought she, like I thought that clip was very unbiasedly. I mean, I felt like yes, there were moments of praise, but she also called out the the whole Joel Embiid situation, the fact that people. I mean, she said blatantly. We said last night, last week on the show. I don't watch the jump to be honest with you not on a regular basis. And so I don't know what, what they said last week on the show, but she said in the, her intro there, uh, last week on the show, as we told you guys, like Harden, or excuse me, Embiid being out for so many games doesn't necessarily disqualify him. And I think a lot of people think in this particular season, it might. I think it, this it's the it's the matter of this season being as weird as it is that makes it this this that's why people are kind of even questioning how do we define MVP I think even more than usual. I think the conversation's been out there. Do you do you agree with that or do you feel like um it's just because we've been talking about it a lot in Denver which would be the case. No, I mean, I I feel like that durability is part of the conversation. It always has been. It always will be because MVP is your most valuable player that season. And then being there 100% of the time like Jokic has and putting in numbers day in, day out without any rest, without taking nights off, without getting injured itself is a huge accomplishment and I think I mean people are saying Embiid didn't miss, miss that many games but he has so I'm confused by that conversation I don't uh, Embiid's not even in my top three conversation anymore by the amount of games he's missed um do I think Joel Embiid had a, a spectacular season so far absolutely no doubt about it best season he's had yet do I think that the Sixers would be in the spot that they're in without them. No, but there's a few things to consider. One, they're in the East. Two, um, 
Wait, how much that? How much minus is that? Like, if you had a hundred, right? Yeah. Some away for every ding they get. How much of a ding is that to the Sixers? Like being in the East for any team, I guess. Um, I would say this year, because I think it depends on the year uh, for the quality of the East. I'd say this year I I would put it at um I put it at like minus forty because yes you have the Nets with three superstars who literally have only played a few games together because normally one of them is hurt um, then you have the Bucks and then you know the rest is kind of wide open you're looking at teams at the bottom of the six seven eight that are not even five hundred and they're making the playoffs right now uh, or close to it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a giant ding just because that's the reality of the situation is who are you going out and putting these numbers against every night in the majority of your games? Um, that's the reality of the situation. So, I mean, that's a ding, but for me, the biggest thing is, is the amount of games missed. I think that just plays a huge role. And the fact that the Sixers were able to still hold on to that one seed, regardless of him being out, that also plays a role. So you're telling me that if Jokic was out, we'd be in the position we're in? No, we wouldn't even be in the playoffs. Yeah. That's how I look at it. Do I think the Sixers would be in the playoffs in the East without Embiid? Yeah, I do. Do I think the Nuggets would be in the playoffs in the West without Jokic? No, I don't. That's a good point. That's a good point in Jokic's favor. In fact, I'm kind of surprised. I kind of thought I was going to get to take that side of the argument. Um, But... Cool, 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 cool. Let me rethink what my game plan is here. No, I'm just kidding. She, wasn't, she was so surprised on Riley's positive thinking. That you're being po- so positive about Nikola Jokic, but I mean. Dude, I'm always positive. I love Nikola Jokic. That's not someone I want to hate on because that's someone I truly, truly, one of the most respected people in the NBA for me because of him going out and playing all these games and putting up numbers and not talking crap on Twitter and showing it on the court like he does like to me that's old school basketball and that's the guy I root for the boring guy the guy that shows it in his game just like he did last night here's the thing though Nicole is not the boring guy because his game is so fun to watch that's the thing that is not there that people think he's the boring guy right like I heard people talking about the whole Twitter like oh he doesn't go on Twitter and stuff and I was like I never even thought about that in regards to like whether that makes a good MVP or not that has never crossed my mind how he if he's like if that's a good thing like or a bad thing like because that's just not how I judge a basketball player I suppose but but he's his game is so much fun to watch so even and he's really not that boring if you watch his post-game interviews they're actually really interesting and that's just people are just uneducated haven't watched a lot of Jokic and honestly never given him a chance to even they've never tried to see his personality because he does show it in those post games and he does do it in his interviews he's not gonna talk shit like KD does on Twitter and shit like that he's just gonna be himself which is goofy and funny and a baller <laughs> yes he's likable that's true kd might not be very likable and he won an mvp i mean like Jokic is is very likable especially to the people he actually like has relationships with and stuff like he knows all of the kids 
there's tons of clips of him like running through the stadium and he'll pick up like all these random kids and he's like flinging them around in the air and stuff and it's hilarious and the kids are just like totally laughing and he's like huge you know and it's actually really funny um and he's 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 actually a really probably a a really nice guy you know like he even had that moment where he was like oh my god my wedding ring his first interview post game or his first yeah his first post game i think where after no his first interview this season because he got married in the off season right he like wanted to make sure he had his wedding ring on he seemed like seems like a good guy like that's a that's something a, a nice guy does but he's not just a nice guy because he's also a bad guy dude does work on the court like he comes out game in and game out. I mean, this guy doesn't rest. I just, it's its so frustrating, but then you have me thinking, you know, that maybe I need to like tone it down the whole, like, I love the Nuggets thing and maybe try to be more centered on about like, you know, my takes or something. Cause you made me feel like I'm a homer, even though I feel like I really do my homework and I mean, I know which nuggets are good and bad. Trust me, they have all lost me money. So I pay very close attention. And I know what players, you know, are good outside of the nuggets for sure. But I do sometimes ride very strong for Nicola. But you can trust that guy. You know how you can trust him? Because you don't lose bets when you bet on Nicola. Had I just taken uh, Nicola for the double double? Money in the bank every single time. crazy amount of double doubles this season actually out of his like let me see we'll go to basketball reference i really need to make this my home page 51 double doubles this season that's just ridiculous he and the biggest argument that you that i've heard i mean the, i heard the one about this the internet and their personality and stuff nicola does have personality he just Really, it's the broadcast partner's fault because they should be, you know, like the fact that Altitude isn't on on DirecTV this season or last season when the Nuggets have like a huge blow up season, you could, that's a huge, huge mistake by, by the organization and you're missing out on marketing a great superstar. But they also don't have that many games that are like televised nationally. And then Nicola hasn't played great in all the nationally televised games this season either. It's not been like his big blowout performances. So like, it's also part, partially that too. Like Embiid is on a lot more nationally televised games. Like the Sixers are way big market, you know, basketball in Philly. That's like, you know, some people, that's like their Mecca for basketball. They're like, people love Philly basketball. You know, a lot of great players. Ooh, don't say Mecca basketball. Why? Because Philly's not the Mecca of basketball. Where would you consider the Mecca? New York? 100% always will be New York. I'm not saying it is. I'm saying for some people it is. Is that In fact, that it was. Those my... are the, the Philly people that feel bad because they're always seen as New York's little brother. 
dude, let me just tell you now, you don't want to mess with the Philly fans. They have- oh, dude, those, those, those people, those people are tough as nails. I'm not talking that, but at the end of the day, the Mecca of basketball will be and has always been New York City. All right, all right, but you get what my gist, you know what I mean. It's an important yeah, like, Philadelphia basketball is very, very important to them. And all, all, really, all sports in Philadelphia, those people live for their sports, they're diehards, um, they'll do anything for their sport organizations. I, I totally get that. Right. And so he's on a lot more games. He gets televised a lot more. He also plays on the East Coast. They, those games are viewed by a lot more people, bigger populations of people, people less spread out. We're over here, like, I'm not kidding you, at my parents' house, their satellite sometimes like goes in and out. They still don't have good Wi-Fi. I couldn't even work from home at their home to be with them because their internet is so bad that I couldn't do like connect to my work. like. That's how bad it is. So like, sometimes you miss games. Sometimes you don't get them televised. You're watching them secondhand or watching just highlights, you know, and you have to seek those out as a fan where a lot of Joel Embiid's games are on on TV, but especially the fact that they're not on locally even right now, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, uh, to me, like, <clears throat> I think the biggest competitor for Jokic right now, it, it just has to be Steph Curry just because he did win MVP unanimously, unanimously, unanimously. Ugh, sorry guys, it's getting late over here. Um, but he's having his best season ever. He's having an even better season than that season. Um, and if he keeps up this streak, then it'll really be a conversation. Um, so to me, that's, that's really the only competitor I see right now for Jokic. Okay. I don't know. I like, I mean, Steph's been playing great and he's putting up big numbers for sure, for sure. He's a great shooter, but he's also like their main scoring option. You know, like I think, I feel like he has the ball. I mean, Jokic does too. That's pretty fair. Jokic does too. Jokic almost had his hands on like every single important possession of last night's Memphis win. It's crazy, especially the ones like going down the stretch from he checked in with like eight minutes left or something. And in the fourth and then played straight to the through the double overtime and almost every single possession from that moment on to the end of those two overtimes were orchestrated by Nikola Jokic. At least the successful ones. Yeah, I did see um, in the fourth quarter the last 11 points by the Nuggets was either scored or assisted by Nikola Jokic. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy. Like how, how good he is. And just, uh, I mean, he's definitely a humble guy, which is part of why you like him so much. Part of uh, the reason why he appeals to you as a player. So what did you think about what Rachel said? It's all praise and, she, she's a Nikola Jokic fan in your mind? Yeah, I mean, I think she definitely respects his game. And I think it, it sounded like all praise to me. I don't think it was any kind of dig or any kind of bias towards anyone else. I think uh, really she was just giving a lot of praise to the Nuggets organization and how they've handled this whole thing. 
and even praise on how they've made the right moves to get in the position that the Nuggets are in. So um, I thought it was I thought it was a really good um, soundbite there. Well, there was one part that was kind of confusing to me. Which... Oh, Jenna. What was up with the the this Twitter and her saying this girl wants LeBron to win? And then this, I'm like looking at this tweet because you can't really see it right on the clip if you don't, don't zoom in. And it makes very little sense. Let me read it to you. Kevin Durant, O'Shea Jackson, and Lakers Twitter are looking for answers after a Lakers podcaster, Vivian Flores, is accused of catfishing photoshopping and faking a disappearance breakdown of entire situation tweets videos photoshop oh i know why she used that why she said because there's lakers there's a laker fan that's still says that lebron should win mvp and then she goes but that's not the most reliable source yeah but why the why these people in this girl that's what i'm wondering now that's now that's a dick. Yeah, and it's kind of funny. Is that is that what I'm? I thought I was like, am I? Do I not get it? Is it a joke? Maybe it's a joke, and neither of us get it. It's a, it's it's a joke. But is it a joke that's dig at this person joke? Because she's claiming she was claiming, I guess, on her podcast that LeBron is still the MVP even though he's been out, and she was like, well, this person isn't really a reliable source. I think they're saying she was accused of catfishing. No, no, you're you're looking at the literal, literal thing here. You're not getting the bigger picture. <gasps> oh man, no, I don't get it. I thought she was trying to throw shade at this chick for sure. I was no. like, every fan thinks they're. I just thought it was a fan who's like, "Go LeBron," you know. Like if you don't zoom in and read the caption, though. How are you supposed to know this? She's a podcaster for the that she does, I guess, stuff on the Lakers, and she still thinks that LeBron's the MVP. And then that came out, and when she said it, then Rachel Nichols was like, "Oh, this isn't the most reliable source because she was catfishing." That's that's a dig. Yeah, at that girl. I know, but so what if she was catfishing somebody? Everybody has insecurities. I don't know, like, so what? Oh, no, this is the problem in the world. You're looking too hard. She's just making a funny joke. Oh my God, it's fine. We don't have to get all into it. I just, I mean, I'm just about women like building other women up these days, you know? That's Dude, all. I'm with you there, but I could take a joke too. All right, as long as Vivian can. A lot of people think LeBron is still the MVP, okay? A lot of people do because they'll say the same old thing. You all know the argument. I'm sure you've heard it. Let's say it all together. LeBron is still the best player in the NBA, and therefore, he's the MVP. In fact, he's been robbed of so many MVPs. We've all heard it, right? You've heard that. Yeah, I mean, look, none of that information is false, except for the part that he's the most valuable player to his team this year i mean just i think even when you say the full title of the regular season right yep 
when you add that regular season, it's like no contest. It is not, it's not LeBron. He still is the best. He can still be the best. He just doesn't feel, you know, like the best don't need to play in the regular season. And he's, he's 36 and you know, mother nature, baby. I think it's totally fine to rest. I know that most of you know that, and I know that we all know what Riley's opinions are on that. So we don't need to go back to where we've already been, Riley. Because by now, I mean, people know to just listen to our old podcast or they've been loyal listeners thus far. But I did um, also post a tweet earlier today from the Stiffs account asking people what the craziest Nikola Jokic stat they knew was. And I knew we were probably going to get some stupid ones, right? I knew that going in. I had to accept that because I just wanted to be able to laugh about them because it's 420 and we all need to relax, you know, and just enjoy the fact that we have a wonderful player on our team. I mean, one of the greatest, we get to watch this man put in, like, play the most fun basketball games. And he's awesome, you know, but people do make fun of him a little bit sometimes. So warning, um, what do people put on their war- like TikTok warnings nowadays? Like, uh, like sensitive, like content. Yeah. sensitive content potential. Twenty twenty one, baby, everything sensitive content. Anything you say, you got to say that before it because you never know. Oh my gosh, this could be sensitive to Nuggets fans, okay? Depending on what's said here, okay? So there, here are the most, the craziest Nikola Jokic stats. We'll get Riley's reaction. He hasn't missed a game since 2017. Ooh, that's a great one. That is a really good one. That's crazy. That is good stuff. Holy crap. When you think about that, a long time kudos to that person think about how many games how many wins he's contributed to yeah that's big that's pretty good one that's pretty good one okay that's our number one so far winner first one (laughs) you're in the number one slot but you're also the only one we read number two he couldn't do a push-up in high school Dead ass, this is the order they came in. I'm not missing, like trying to give opposites. <laughs> That's so mean though. And I'm sure he could have done a push-up in high school. <laughs> Unless that's a true story. Because sometimes, you know, you have crazy things you hear about Nicola. Like the one about Nicola drinking like three liters of soda when he first started in the NBA. He would drink like a liter of Coke a day. Dead ass. That's a true fact. A whole leader. And I heard it on one of the broadcasts last week for one of the games. I forget which team it was. And they were shocked. They're like, there's no way that's true. There's no way he used to do that. I'm like, no, no, he really did. And they're like, no, you can't play at this level. There's he, he couldn't have, you could not play at the level he was playing at doing that. No way. No. And like, they really didn't believe it was true. So there are some things you can't believe. So maybe that is true that he couldn't do a push-up. But if it's not true and it's just a joke, it's mean. Oh my God, it's a joke. <laughs> I'm sure Nicola can take it. He probably would enjoy a good roast, actually. He seems like that kind of guy. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, number three, he has, okay, no penis jokes, people. Come on, guys. Do you really want to hear the penis joke? Because I'll read it for you if you want. That's okay. 
you know, you get the gist, probably. I get the gist. Look at my hand motions. Okay. <laughs> Number four, zero people outside of Denver like him. Uh, I would disagree with that. I just would say they don't know him. Right. Right. Okay, let's see this one. Oh, this comes with an image. It's just the image of a cheesy chalupa and Nikola Jokic's draft day. The day he was drafted, uh, there was a Taco Bell commercial at the moment Nikola Jokic was being Nikola Jokic was being drafted and there's a chalupa on the screen instead of him in that moment and that's a true story. <laughs> it's so sad. With the 40 first pick of the second round of the NBA draft. That is pretty crazy though. That part is crazy, right? Think about it. Wait, do you know who looking back in history, like who is the MVP that's been drafted latest in history? You think you can find that? Let me think. Are you asking if I can find it or if I know it? If you find it or you know it. I mean, obviously, if you know it, better, so we don't have to wait. But if you can find it, great, because I can I can edit this part out. The next one, Brian Windhorst sucks. <laughs> that is not a Nikola Jokic stat. <laughs> but people, Damn, I'm going to have some beef with Brian Windhorst. Because he came on Altitude Radio, I think, I'm pretty sure that's who they said was on Altitude Radio. And he was saying he just made a good, and he has a good case. He has Nikola Jokic at second in the MVP race to Joel Embiid. And he stated his case today, I think, on Altitude Radio. So people do not like him because that's the local radio station. Take a guess. I don't know. Tell me. I can't remember. It's actually Giannis Antetokounmpo tied with Steve Nash for 15th in the first round. That's crazy, dude. I know. I'm like really going through the list and uh... anyone told the world this crazy information? That should be the crazy stat. Add it to the stat to the uh, tweet we posted on Denver Stiffs. Well, he has to win MVP. And then it would be the tweet. Okay, you're right, you're right. I can't go here because these are current stats. Let's hear. Next guy says zero media presence. But that is the... um, That's our faithful listener, so he'll get back to us and tell us why why, why he put that there. Um, Then let's see. 35, 11, 11, 100% field goal. Ooh, one of Nikola Jokic's games or some some guys made up stat about Nikola Jokic. But you know everyone's going to just read this thread and be like, yeah, all these are true. Was she Benny? Benny, was that you sneezing? Come here. Out. Somebody else said zero MVPs. Boo! So far. Give him a second, bro. Here's one. Let's see. (laughs) I got a fun fact about Benny. Let's hear it. He climbed a tree today. What? By himself? 
Yeah, his frisbee was stuck high in the tree and he climbed the vines up. Whoa. He yeah. Like huh? He ran up it? Yeah, it was insane. Like he figured out how to climb the vines up the tree. Did you him to do this? Huh? Did you prompt him to do this? No, like I literally was throwing the frisbee. He's gotten like really good at catching it. And then one time I did a bad throw and it went in the tree. And I was like, oh, shoot. And next thing you know, I see Benny off the ground climbing the vines up the tree to get the frisbee. And I was like, where do I submit to having the coolest dog? You really do. You really do. You should really change your whole aesthetic like social on social media. It should just mostly be about how you are the girl with the coolest dog. Because he is I know. pretty amazing. He's kind of outshining you right now. Although you're on the up and up, so you might win. I mean, he, he's a hard one to live up to. I, just, I was like, what what can't this dog do? Crazy. Do quite a bit. Although he did puncture my leg when he was here. So he was mad. He thought you were attacking me. So add that to the list. Protector. I walked in the door. That's all. I just want to let you know that um, Corduroy is the only white looking poodle dog that he's ever liked. If it's not corduroy, if it's a white poodle, he hates them. <laughs> I don't know what it is about white poodle dogs, but it's just, it's his least favorite dog in the world. Well, he, he didn't like corduroy that much because he tried to bite us and he got my leg. I actually don't have like very much like nerves there anymore, Rye. It's just this one tiny circle, but it's kind of cool. Like I feel nothing when I touch it. Basically, he left you a scar in our memory. How cool of a gift is that? Like a tattoo. You're right. I'll always remember you guys. That does sound cool. Yeah. I don't know why TweetDeck does this to me sometimes. It makes it so hard for me to read my notifications. Fastest triple-double ever in 14 minutes. That actually is. In the nine games without Jamal Murray, he's averaging 30 point, a 30-point triple-double shooting north of 60% from field goal. Nice. That's a good stat by that person. Matthew Puel. Nikola Jokic currently has the most ever games with 10 plus assists in a single season by a center with 25. In second place is Nikola Jokic with 21. Third is Nikola Jokic with 20. And fourth is Nikola Jokic with 13. Wait, what? So he has the most, uh, okay, so he has 25 10 plus assist games. In second place is 21 10 plus assist games. Third place is 20 10 plus assist games. And fourth place is 13 10 plus assist games. So nobody else has any. 10 plus assist games. I feel like that's pretty crazy because like, man, we play selfish basketball these days. Yeah. Mm, somebody else talked about the Nuggets burrito or the Chalupa. Oh, burrito with cheese, excuse me. Wow, that probably is gonna offend a lot of Taco Bell lovers. I am really, I stick to like two things at Taco Bell. My order, 
Well, they've taken one away. The double decker, which was awesome. Have you ever had a double decker from Taco Bell, Riley? I have not. I normally just get the bean burritos and the locos tacos. No. Well, the bean burrito is Nicola Jokic, so you you got a good picker there. But these double deckers were awesome. It was okay. Soft taco beans, hard taco, all the regular hard taco stuff, and cheese. Ooh, yeah, that does sound good. Pretty awesome. <clears throat> they took it away. It was on the 99 cents menu. It probably cost them nothing to make it, which makes it less appealing <laughs> to eat. But why'd they have to get rid of it like that? They got rid of a bunch of stuff. I know. It's all, all the new stuff sucks. Other than that, I just I like the Crunchwraps Supremes. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. Love me some Taco Bell. Went there for like seven years straight every Sunday with the fam for family lunch. So Don't hate us. <laughs> um, Nikola Jokic holds the all-time NBA record for greatest friend. Aww. I wonder if this guy really is Nikola's friend. Because there are a lot of people from Serbia. Because Nikola, you know, last season, there were several times in press conferences where, like, he was messing with the the microphone and he kept dropping it. And it was just, like, so Nikola. And one time, like, he it completely, like, broke off when he tried to put it back. And his eyes just got huge. And he was like, oh, shit. Like, he just had broken the whole thing. And it was like a yeah. big giant not recognizing his strength and he was just like just trying to put back a microphone here and it breaks and you're like and he thought it was just so funny his reaction and stuff so people love that that's what that guy's talking about well those are some pretty good stats some of them we can trust to be true some we might want to fact check but we'll just (laughs) we might want to fact check the first one is definitely in first place i thought that was the coolest one yeah, that was the best one that he hasn't missed a game since 2017. That makes sense because that's kind of your style of of basketball. That's right. Yes. Hard work pays off. Run your body into the ground. Oh my god. Brothers. How come no one ever says sisters? <laughs> do they? I wonder if they do. I never heard that. Anybody ever say sister to pump each other up? Even I say like to girlfriends, like, come on, brother. I know. I, I call you bro all the time. Yeah. I don't know. It sounds cooler. That's annoying, but. Oh my God. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> it's fine. Don't assume me, Jenna. Oh, I won't. I'm sorry. Um, I I can put my pronouns in the Zoom next time. I really should. I do that at work every day. Uh, I probably should here too. Um, (laughs) I just didn't know this was that formal, Riley. (laughs) Also, I mean, I feel like that would have come up in some time in our friendship by now. Yeah, it probably would have. Those are the only submissions we have so far. What is your craziest stat that you've heard about Nikola Jokic, right? Mm, this is my craziest one. Nikola Jokic 
is the most underrated player in the last five years. Where did you hear this stat? My brain. I don't think that qualifies as, as, by definition as a stat. Why? It's true. He's so underrated if you're outside of Denver. You just said he's the most underrated player in the last 10 years? Five. Five years? Make your case. I want to hear this. Five years. Oh, it's just the basic of uh, when we celebrate that Nicole Jokic is being talked about on national television or when someone has a good game and they just completely go over Nicole Jokic having an MVP season or how people make comments like he's not shouldn't be a face of a franchise or the league or anything because he's not present on social media or just so many things that he's so amazing and uh, always looked over because he's just playing the game of basketball. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty good case for it, I guess. I, he is really overlooked for a lot of stupid reasons. Um, like, geography is a pretty stupid reason, I think, in 2021, 20, where, like, the internet connects to separate worlds within 30 seconds you know it shouldn't be this hard to get more nationally televised games Denver's a pretty big fucking city why the hell I mean it's probably some some billionaire bullshit that I can't understand about money that they fight over or something like that uh with tv markets and tv deals and blah 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 but it just seems ridiculous to, to, to overshadow somebody who's so fun to watch. Not only that, I mean, it's just like, it's hard to hate on this guy, you know? He doesn't really do anything to really like be a, a, a person that people can hate on, you know? I guess the one thing people might say that they don't like about him is the fact that he, he kind of, he does kind of complain you know, to the refs. Uh, people hated that when he was originally, uh, his first couple seasons in the NBA when. Okay, then I would ask that person who their favorite player is. And then I would ask, do they complain? And the answer is probably going to be yes. I mean, that's, yeah, that's definitely true, especially with the biggest all-stars out there. There's a lot of complaining. In fact, I definitely felt like the first four quarters of that Memphis game were there was some really boring parts like chunks of like especially in that uh third quarter there were so many free throws I forget which quarter it was but there was like so much stoppage and stuff I'm like just let them play which they did in in overtime and everything but it's like I didn't want so much th so much stoppage in the game you know it could have been a, a much better game had there not been so many fouls called but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I forgot what we we're talking about. What we we're talking about. Just the one thing that people could dislike about him. Oh, yeah, I guess that he complains. But here are some other crazy stats. Um, points per game, 26.4. That's 12th in the NBA. 
Right now he is, these are based on this season's numbers, uh, rebounds per game, 11.1. That's 10th in the NBA. Assists per game, 8.8. I actually thought that was a lot, going to be a lot higher than that, but uh, still fourth in the NBA. And then uh, PER, which I think is player efficiency rating, 31.5, first in the NBA. He's on pace for the second, for, for second 25-11-8 season in NBA history. Uh, that the first place is Robertson in 62. And that was from Rachel Nichols' little graphic there on the jump uh, in her clip that we heard earlier in the episode. So pretty crazy stats there. Pretty good stats in Nikola Jokic's favor. It's kind of crazy that there just are so many guys who come in and out of the conversation, but the one guy who's consistently there, Nikola Jokic. You know, they've, it's been Dame, it's been KD, it's been Harden, no, it's LeBron. If he's just healthy, it's Embiid. Like, there's, there's been a lot of guys in and out of the conversation. Another cool stat, the coolest stat I heard was that last night, um, Nikola Jokic had 20 made field goals. And there was a jazz fan on on reddit who who you know and the internet might be fooling me or something but this jazz fan posted that um 20 made field goals that's like a once in a career stat even for star players Harden averaged 34 points per game over a three season span and only made 20 field goals in one game right because a lot of guys are shooting more three-pointers so you don't have to shoot that many field goals. LeBron's only done it a few times. Um, and then he edited it and he added, I checked this or decided to check this for a few other prolific, prolific, there's my word for the day, scores. Kevin Durant, he had um, 19 field goals made in a game. That was his career high. Kawhi's was 16. Point being, it's pretty hard. Steph, Cor Steph Curry did do it once, um, and the guy added he dropped 51-7-8 on 20 for 27 shooting with just one free throw attempt in his unanimous MVP season. So that mm -hmm. was his one 20, point, or 20 field goal made game, which is pretty awesome when you're comparing to Jokic to – Steph Curry in that moment, right? Pretty yeah. awesome. So we're living in the best of times um, when it comes to thinking about like Jokic and, and the fact that he could potentially really win this award. And then yet coexisting with Jamal Murray was on a plane with Tim Connolly headed to Los Angeles yesterday. So in a, in a, his left leg in a knee brace. Not great to live in that, this crazy world of the, being a Nuggets fan. Not great, but much better than expected. 
expected. Better than expected. Better than expected. Still contenders, contenders. I said it like chicken tenders, contenders. Um, I still think this team can compete. According, still contenders according to Aaron Gordon, right? He said it. He said it. They're still here to fight. They definitely proved that in that double overtime game against Memphis. They have uh, coming up, Riley, they have uh, Portland. And then they also have, gosh, Portland tomorrow night, I believe, at Portland. The Knicks, is that? Oh, my goodness. My internet's so slow. Oh, no, Golden State again on Friday. And then they have Houston and Memphis uh, Saturday and Monday. Should be... Portland might be the toughest. Memphis might be the toughest game in that schedule. Portland and Memphis. But Golden State, I guess, is playing good too. So how do you think the, the Nuggets pan out in that next four-game span before I talk to you again? Uh, I think they'll be okay versus Portland. I know Charlotte just went in and uh, got a win versus them. Um, honestly, out of all those games, I think Golden State's going to give them a little bit of a test just because of the way Curry's been playing and the momentum of that team right now. And it'll be kind of like an MVP kind of showdown, I feel like. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him win all three of those games. Um, we'll see, though. I'm, I'm going to say two and one. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that happening, too. I think that'll be a fun, fun game to watch against Golden State. Um, a little bit like weird too like since that last time we were there what happened with jamal just felt graphic i think for some of us um and you know we got to go back there already so um we'll actually be coming out with a new edition a new episode of the chicken nuggets same show just a new episode of week we're adding to the schedule and it is called the chicken nuggets grilled and and a conversation with this episode is a conversation with Kendra Andrews who left us from here in Denver writing for the athletic and headed over to local broadcast is for Golden State and you can catch the whole thing on interview in that second episode but we catch up about all the crazy things we went through living in the 2020 season together um, we were living not too far apart here in Denver during the shutdown and we go through kind of our memories of everything and just how crazy it all has been. So it was a fun conversation and we also get her perspective on Steph Curry. She might have changed now because she really was not as high on him as she probably is today after the last week he's had. So she, she might change her position on that. Uh, so give her the benefit of the doubt there because that was last week when we recorded. Um, but thanks for listening, guys. And we'll be back next week with another episode. <laughs>